Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, blessed people, blessed people. Let's make sure you tune in to Behind the Mask, right? First of all, it's the 100th episode, right? 100th episode and we're talking about some 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 transformational things we're talking about my book first of all blessed by the best my journey from Kenton and beyond and within those we're talking about my daily habits some of the things that I do on a daily on a daily to to continue to stay winning in life but not just that we're going to talk about a little eagles we're going to talk a, a little about the past we're going to talk a little about about the present and even the future so make sure you tune in and make sure you check it out all right 100 episode let's go behind the mask man what up what's happening it took us a minute to get here but we are finally here myself i want to thank you for being patient with us on our first live stream it took a minute but we are here now but without further ado i gotta bring in the plus size model to where you at homie What's going on, my good people? It's your favorite plus-size model, Tuton Reyes, in the building. Yo, Spikes, we here, man. 100th episode. A lot going on. It's a lot going on, too, and this is what I'm excited about. Like, you could either, in life, you can focus on the negative, or you could turn it into a positive and keep it moving. I know the Braves won the World Series, right? Braves won the World Series. You know what I'm saying? Got a new mayor down here in Atlanta. There's a lot going on. And boy, what better way to bring in the 100th episode by one of the all-time great Spikes, man. How you feeling today, man? Man, I'm, I'm feeling great, man. And I think, you know, what makes this 100th episode so good, bro, is like not only is it a milestone for us, we did a lot to get here yeah. in a short time period, which seems like forever. But I think it's imperative that we talk about why this individual is blessed by the best, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And let me give you a couple of his taglines before we bring him in. This man was four times, four times first team all pro in the National Football League, nine time mm-hmm. pro bowler, made the all decade team of the 2000s. And I think when we play this game, the ideal thing when you walk away is what's your legacy play? Not only is he in the Hall of Fame, but his number 20 is retired mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Nobody will wear that again. Man, y'all give it up for my dog, who is blessed by the best, Brian Dawkins. Hey, man, listen, you're right. It, it took us a little bit of more, a little more time, but we're here. Yeah, you know we played the ball, played game right. Short memory, you move on to the next play. But it's a pleasure to be a part of the I'm 100th episode, brother. Oh, proud, proud of you guys, first of all. It's hard work put in, but it's an honor for me to be a part of it. No doubt, man. And we, man, we glad to have you on, bro. Um, may not know this played against you before when I was with the Panthers. We are gonna get into that, but um, definitely one of the all time greats at the safety position. Had the game plan for this man, but he didn't get a chance to game plan for us. So we about to go behind the mask with Brian Dawkins. Obviously, this episode is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Tito's. But B Dog, man, we have a segment that we usually get into called This or That, where we ask you one or the other, and uh, we kind of put you on the spot, brother. So again, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Spikes, take it away and put B-Dog on the spot. Let him go behind the mask with this or that, bro. This or that, bro. What meant more to you, winning the Super Bowl with the team that drafted you or getting inducted into the Hall of Fame? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I would say getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's so many other individuals that helped me get to that point that I can celebrate at the highest level and the fact that when we won it, I was an executive and not a player. See, that would have been a mm. different conversation. Mm. If I was a player and we won it, but because I was an executive, again, still happy for the city, for the team and all that. But it's different if, you know, we would have been up on that stage celebrating. It's a little bit different, a little bit different. You had the suit on. You had the suit on when you won. This was going to the uniform. Suit and tie, brother. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So, you know what? I know you're famous, iconic, and um, not only on the field, but your fashion. So, this or that, my brother Takeo is too, the Brian Dawkins hat collection. 
with Tequil Spice hat collection. Man, 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 my hat collection was deep. Fedoras <laughs> and everything. Man, it was deep. I'm talking about going back to like Cab Calloway's, you know, Zoops. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I'm going to have to lean towards my collection, brother. I'm going to have to lean towards my collection. <laughs> oh, man. All right, bro. So this one is from the fans, though. You know, we got to get a little fan participation in here. Well, which fans are the loudest, Philadelphia or Denver? Wow. Wow. There is a different, I'm going to say it like this, there's a different loudness. And there's a there's a loudness, and then there's a dark loudness. <laughs> I'll say it like that. Philly had that dark and loudness, brother. Like there's a <laughs> seriously, man. There's 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 just a, a a different level of 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 intensity in the the atmosphere when they get hype, right? Not saying there's not intensity in Denver, but there's just a, like I said, there's that hint and tint of darkness in the uh, the loudness in Philadelphia, and and that's a part of me that loved that. You know, it's a part of me that really really loved that. Well, as we said, this episode is sponsored. This hundredth episode is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. So we're going to have a brief word from our sponsor. Simple, smooth, and every sip as easy as the last. Tito's Handmade Vodka tastes just as good with tap water as it does with your favorite mixer. Back in the day, Tito distilled, hand bottled, taste tested, sent to a few friends, then taste tested again to give you the finest juice around. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff. Just Tito's. For recipes, videos, and more, visit titosvodka.com. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. How'd you get the name Weapon X? Where'd that come from? See that dude right there? Wolverine? Can you, y'all can't see him? I'll, I'll bring him closer, right? <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, that dude right there, Wolverine. Yeah, Weapon X. That's uh, Marvel Comics. Love reading comic books back in the day. Um, but I've always been an energetic like dude. Like I'm, I'm the dude that if we lose, I'm gonna be crying, right? Even in little league, if I strike out, I'm gonna be crying. Um, I'm the dude that don't like to shake nobody's hand when you, you know, after we lose when we little, when we little, right? Hmm. So I always had that emotion. I always played with that emotion. But when I got to the NFL, I was able to be freer with it. Like in college, you get fined a lot. Like if you show too much emotion hmm. in the league, yeah. you can be a lot more free with it, right? And then when people caught wind of me collecting these, you know, figurines in my locker, um, I called them idiot man before Wolverine. Like I was idiot man. I would literally put on the breathe right and say, Brian Dawkins has now become idiot man. So <laughs> idiot, idiot man then came, became Weapon X when we made the playoffs and people saw the news cameras, saw all the, you know, Wolverines in there. And, um, and I, I took it, loved it because Weapon X is what I became in Jim Johnson's defense. He he used me all over the place as a blitzer, defensive lineman sometime, linebacker, cover corner. So he used me all over the place. So Weapon X fit my description. Hmm. And you were you were intimidating too, man. We used to watch you come out the locker room and you know you crawling on the floor, beating the turf and everything. And Cass was like, yo, you really know Big Dog is about to give it to you. So and everybody, the fans know across the country what a great safety you were, right? But what some of them don't know is that you're also an author, right? So tell a behind the mask audience, talk about your book, Blessed by the Best, My Journey to Canton and Beyond. So talk a little first, bit about that. Yeah, so first of all, I never saw myself writing a book. I thought writing a book with someone who, I don't know, had a deep theological understanding of the universe. And I mean, I was all over the place when it comes to writing. And I love comic books and graphic novels. I wasn't necessarily a book reader growing up, right? And so for me to come up and the Holy Spirit to put it in my heart to write a book and really share some deep, intimate things of how the things that I've grown through in my life, I didn't say went through, I say the things that I've grown through in my life. Because the thing that people look at me and say, because I've had the success that you just mentioned, right? Hall of Famer and all of those things, that you know, he's, every, he's always been the number one, right? He's always had the success. And I'm like, no. And so this is a trip down kind of memory lane, but it's really you, me telling you some of the things that I've grown through in my life, the situations that I've gone through, grown through in my life that were painful at the time, but now, are absolute um, wisdom 
that I can use going forward and also to teach other people, show other people where I've come from. And then the people that in those times that I was kind of down and out uh, emotionally, I had the right people at the right time to speak the right word in my life. So that's the other aspect of blessed by the best. Because in those moments, I was blessed by the best individual for me to speak into my life, to help me see something that I couldn't see at the moment. New FanDuel Fantasy players, your day is about to get 20% better. Start playing fantasy this football season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. That's a big time bonus and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit. What are you waiting on? The reason why I love FanDuel so much, I get an opportunity to set my lineups every game day. I can also play private contests with my personal friends. And you have many different formats, main slate, single game, best ball, and also a snake draft. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com BTM to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash BTM. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Doc, I'll tell you this. I was about to ask you, was it any chapter, right, in the book that really, like, was one of your favorite? But then I forgot. I wrote a book, too, and it's like all of them are great because all of them have a significant meaning. I'm going to tell you one that stood out to me. I thought it would make me laugh. Um, People see the Hall of Famer in you, the guy who was relentless, Weapon X. But then I read this chapter in the book to where I see the guy before he was called Weapon X, he was put in a position to where Pops told you you couldn't quit playing the game if you start playing. And so when you went to play for this coach, he wasn't there and they put you at center. How humiliating is that? You ain't even big enough to play center, bro. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that was that wasn't the only thing, but, but that was one of the main things. Like I'm not the biggest of cats, so you put me at center. And so the thing about that is it taught me this, Spikes, man. It really did. And this is something that has blessed me in my life tremendously. Because at the time, once again, it's, it's painful. It's embarrassing, to your point. It's not, I'm, I, the year before that, I was a starting running back and quarterback. And now the next year, I'm playing doggone center, right? But here's the thing. My, my pops told me. My pops told me. My pops told me this. He said that you, if you start something, you finish it. And not only do you finish it, you give everything that you got, right? And then – you stay coachable the whole time. So you have a good attitude the whole time. So in a place that I didn't necessarily want to be, I had to do all of the things that my father asked me to do and told me to do. And not only did I do that for one year, I did it for two years. Mm-hmm. Now, during the process, I'm actually doing things, running laps, first, a second, as we're doing conditioning tests and all that stuff, because I'm constantly trying to show them I'm supposed to be doing something else, right? No. and But what that developed in me is someone that does more than is expected of me, right? And in the process of all of those things, here's what happened. I respect more my grunts, as we call them, the offensive linemen, because I understand the plight that they have to go through because we, I didn't get necessarily um, um, a lot of accolades unless I mess up. That's the only time you get your name called when you really mess up, right? Yeah. In public. Behind the scene, they'll, they'll give you a pancake blocks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The other thing is this. I learned to really love contact. Mm-hmm. I love. I knew how to play with leverage. I knew how to let my feet put me in position to be physical. And this is at a young age now. So I'm learning all of these things, these disciplines in my life that now I apply in, in my life as I've gone, for, for, as I've gone forward. Excuse me. And... They were absolute blessings. So once again, I was blessed by the best in that moment to bring out the best in me down the road. Brian, one thing, go ahead, too. I was about to say, man, I, these defensive players, y'all always ragging on the offensive linemen. I was about to say, I'm glad you cleaned that up a little bit because, you know, we got Big John, Runyon, Trey Thomas, yeah. Evan Mathis, Bobby Williams, all them guys. They wanted to like you talking down on the offensive linemen, man. Yep, and that's why I had to, <laughs> that's why I had to make sure I say that, right? I appreciate that. Again, it gave me a deeper and better appreciation for what they go through. For sure. Truly. I think one thing that's dope, man, is – what you've been able to establish 50% of 
of the net proceeds will go to the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation. Yeah. So I got to ask you, B, what is the goal of the Brian Dawkins Foundation? Man, the goal is to bless as many people as possible with increase in one form or another, right? So whether whether it be inspirational words, messages, or things that we then bless. So the, the things that I'm talking about are the um, Brian Dawkins value packages. And the Brian Dawkins value packages are literally the values that I've been taught in my life, the things that have strengthened me in my life. And now I want to then bless others with it. So the first introduction into the giving field that we've done with the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation is in the cerebral wellness area, cerebral health. I don't say mental health because there's so much of a negative connotation to that. Yeah. And so I've called it my cerebral wellness packages. So the cerebral wellness packages are on more online um, um, application, excuse me, of students being able to learn some of the tools and resources that are available for us. And when I say us, that's everybody looking at this right now. We all have things that we can utilize to bless our cerebral wealth. We just don't know what it is. So the package is we're coming alongside the teachers to teach the students in class, but they also have the opportunity to go online with their own codes to go through storybook or story modes that they're learning about a care or character a person and the plight that that person is going through in their lives. And there's questions that are being asked throughout the whole time. And it's basically to help them understand the difference but, uh, that we all have mental health, but not all of us have mental illnesses. Boom. So once there we is. Get, separate the stigma, you understand that we all have mental health and there's specific things that you can do daily to help you stay above the curve, so to speak, right? And if you need help, this is how you seek it. And then these are the signs if some one of your friends need help. And this is how you can talk to them, approach them. And if they won't listen to you, this is how you can also get help for them, right? So that's what's in this thing. It's a blessing to be able to spread what I've come to learn and understand as a significant part in my life. One of the things mm -hmm. that I've learned growing through what I've grown through um, from my rookie year, going through the depression and, and the self-harm thoughts that I had, is I, I pray, I read, meditate, and journal every morning, absolutely mm. every morning. And that came from going through that bad experience in my life. Now, it, I'm supposed to give that away. So that's in the program, but also financial literacy and also single parent assistance programs. We're going to be blessing single parents through different um, places in Philadelphia, starting off in Jacksonville also, but other places that we, we get the funding to do it in. And that's just and that's just the three pillars that I'm giving you. There's other things that we're going to do. We just we don't have time for all of that. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network giving small businesses tools to grow. Well, you, you know what, bro? We got time to plug this book. And so everybody who's out there listening, you can find that book at BrianDawkins.com. You definitely can get it. 50% of the net proceeds go back to the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation. Dog, we appreciate what you do from a contribution side. Now, I want to talk about a little ball, my brother. Let's get it. We got to talk about it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Man, so we don't we go ahead and get it. So I had the opportunity to the privilege to be able to play alongside of you one year. And I've always had the, the mentality, why wait to do something when you know you can take care of it now? You exemplified that with every day of coming to work, even at lunch. Even when you had free time, you would go in the, in, in the weight room and get some extra sets. So uh, my question to you, my brother, is, is there anything else out of everything that you accomplished, man? Is there anything else that you wish you could have done? The, the only thing would have been winning the Super Bowl, right? Like I said earlier. As a player. As a player, absolutely. 
to, to see, you know, us on that stage, you know, smiling and crying at the same time and, and with the trophy and to finally get that a long overdue opportunity to truly celebrate at the end of the season, be the last team standing. That's really the only thing, you know, things that I, I would not go back and change anything because the things that I've grown through in my life have made me who I am. Um, but that would be that would really be the only thing, man, to to have, again, hoisted that dog on Lombardi up with my teammates. Yeah. Man. And you know what? When I think of going against you on the football field, there's certain safeties back then. And I played from 2000, 2009. Certain safeties back then were not afraid to mix it up and come in a box. And I think of you. Uh, I think of uh, Troy Palomalu back then. I think of Bob Sanders. I think of John Lynch earlier on. But when you look at today's safety in today's game, what safety that is playing today reminds you of how you played and what's your playing style? Yeah, so I, I, I'm very hesitant to, to, to answer those because I never want to put down somebody else's style, right? I don't want to ever because um, I'm the only Brian Dawkins that ever exists. I played the way that Brian Dawkins plays. And Brian Dawkins plays with his emotions on his sleeve. He was a little frantic at times. He was a control chaos type of dude. And, you know, he Crazy. was, yes, I, I was trying to be, I was trying not to go. Yeah, you said it. You said it. Control chaotic. Control chaotic, man. And, 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 and that's how I played. So I never, I modeled my game to a certain extent off of other people that I've watched. Mm -hmm. But then it, it became 100% authentically mine the way that I did the game. So this was my version of the safety position, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but when I look at guys and what I tried, this is what I tried to do though. I wanted to affect the game in every statistical, statistical category. I did not want to just have a lot of tackles. I didn't want to just have a lot of interceptions. And if you look at my resume, so to speak, I have significant numbers in every statistical category. Yeah. I mean, I became a student of the game of how to get the ball back. Interceptions, mm -hmm. calls, fumbles, fumbles, yeah. recovery, sack, sack. I, I had significant numbers in all of those. So that being said, I like a chess piece. That means I love a chess piece. A chess mm. piece is someone that can move all over the field and not just move one spot to another. Back in the day, they used to have a strong safety and a free safety. Those are checkers, right? You, you can only do this as a free safety. You can only do that as a strong safety. No. The way Jim used me, I was all over the place. I was that nice. chess piece, right? So that's what I look for. Now, coming forward to today, the guys that I see that have that ability to do those things, Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick stands out as someone yeah. as a, that could be a, a chess piece. Um, uh, uh, um Kansas City, um, Honey Badger, I, I don't, um, Ty, Tyron, yeah, right? Matthew, yep. yeah, Matthew, he he can be a chess piece, right? So, go guys like that, uh, Jamal Adams, another guy that can mm -hmm. be a chess piece at times. You go guys like that that can affect the game in every statistical category. That to me is what myself, Ed, Troy, I believe that we ushered that type of safety into the existence, so to speak. Not saying guys before us couldn't do it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that being you, especially the way Jim used me all over the place, I believe that that introduced another weapon on the field to be used by a de defensive coordinator. And now you have all of the safeties that are coming in that are not as big as they, they used to be, or and, and they're able to cover, they're able to blitz, they're able to do all of these things. Yes, that came out of Jim operating me the way that he did. And then, like I said, Troy and those guys coming soon after. This segment is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965, which takes me back to my childhood years playing Pop Warner football. We were playing for the championship and we were down to halftime. Our coach was looking for something motivational. So what did he do? He looked at us and said, guys, if you do what you're supposed to do and win this football game, I'm taking everybody to McDonald's. Immediately, my mind went to, oh my goodness, I can't pass up this apple pie. So what did we do? Win our second half, beat the football team, won the championship, and we all indulge at McDonald's. Ba -da 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 -da. I'm loving it. 
So let's flip to the offensive side of the ball. Which player that did that you played against bought the best the documents <laughs> bought the best out of Brian Dawkins? Man. The team that bought the best out of me that that I considered my rival was the Giants. Like the Giants was my rival. It wasn't people think it was the Cowboys. Like for me, and I'm not talking down on the Cowboys, but you have to beat one another pretty consistently to be a rival. That's what I feel anyway. Right? And so y'all pretty much <laughs> when I was yeah when I came saying. through I, like that was not yeah, that was not the, that was not the, it was not the deal. Like we was now we. You, you can kind of, yeah. You double up on Dallas, you know. Year, yeah, year after there's year, two so, in the hole, right? So, <laughs> um, so the, it, it it was literally the giant. So you're talking about um, whether it be Shocky, whether it be Tiki Barber in the backfield at the time, like that. The way that they played that physical brand, the ball. I, I used to love coming out of that game because you're going to be a little bit more sore playing against the Giants. Their offensive linemen trying to clean people off the pile, so I'm watching, so I can go get them before they clean. So I, I used to love that battle, man. I used to love that battle. Dog, hey man, you you hit the nail on the head. You talked about going up against the NFC East in particular, the Giants. That was the style of football that brought Weapon X out often and early. But I want to ask you this though, bro. With saying that, Jim Johnson, the late Jim Johnson, defensive coordinator. Uh, he had his hands on Weapon X to be able to realize this guy ain't no checker piece who I'm dealing with. He's a chess piece. What made, let me ask you this, what made Jim so special with his calls and how he used you in his defense? Man, you know, before I even give Jim kudos, I got to give Emmett Thomas kudos because he's the one that drafted me and brought me in. And he saw he saw greater things for me than what, others were doing greatest show on turf was coming around we were dallas was the team at that time so i was brought in specifically to do specific things to cover like do a lot of coverage i was literally a third corner people don't recognize that but literally i was a third corner for the eagles for a long period of time and so with the versatility that i had to be able to strike you in the mouth right to cover to cover ground free safety i can come into the box from time to time again that versatility and then emmett helped bring out of me that i knew i can do it before i didn't know what i can do my first couple of years but by that third year i recognized okay wow the vision that emmett has for me i first had to believe in his vision of me i took it his vision of me and i ran with it but then i began to see and have success with it and it no longer was emmett's vision it was mine so now that's a powerful dude. Like, now I know what I can do. I know the skies is a limit for me, right? And now Jim then comes in, and when Jim came in, he got that dude, that confident, ready-to-roll dude. And then Jim saw the versatility that I had. So Jim literally be began to operate the defense around a safety. And that's what mm -hmm. really began to happen. And that's crazy. Facts. That's crazy. Think about that. You, you basically basing the defense around a safety? That's what Jim did. Like, it was integral that he would tell me to, to push things envelope in, in practice as much as possible to see how far I can go in different directions. Because my disguises were key. Because we blitzed so much, and I blitzed so much, they would be like, hey, 20 down, 20 down, 20 in the box. So if I'm showing and I can show for a long period of time, then we're going to come scot-free from the other side, right? Because they expect me to blitz. So things like that. And we did a lot of corner blitzes because they knew I can cover the, the receivers one-on-one. -on -one. So, again, he was the individual that began to think outside of the so-called strong safety, free safety box. So I considered myself to be a freelance safety. I was not a free safety. I was not a strong safety. I can do all of those things and cover the slot and cover the outside receiver all in one dude, all in one dude. And you guys were able to go to three NFC championships in that uh, in that heyday with the Eagles, and then you finally made it to the Super Bowl. So what was the difference, and how were you guys able to get over that hump? So when we finally – when we lost to, I think it was Carolina that year, and it was that final – to me, that was the final straw of just operating as things were. And so they went out, and we we got um, Javon Curse, Freak, right? Freak, yep. 
And then we bought T.O. in, right? So it was enough mm-hmm. of just going with the receivers, not saying that our receivers were horrible because they were not, but there was a different element, obviously, bringing in one of the best receivers in the game. And two, oh, another right? Hall of Famer, of right. course. Right. And so now, now the dynamics change. Now, like, you don't, who do you stop on offense? You got Brian Westbrook, who was at the time was absolutely killing it when it comes to all purpose yards, right? Yeah. He, the the best at that time right year in and year out all-purpose back coming out of the back you got donovan spreading the ball with his ability to move in the pocket strong arm and then you got to one of the best uh, run after catch receivers and an absolute deep threat so now him he then obviously make obviously makes the receivers around him that much better because they're going to be in more one-on-one coverage so now we knew that we were going to the super bowl like we just knew it and it, and it literally was not for me anyway. It wasn't that we were going to beat you. It was how bad we were going to beat you and how fast the starters were going to sit down in the fourth quarter. That was the mindset, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to get to the point that we're trying to beat you as quickly as possible, get you down, get you, get you tapped out, and then we're going to sit down probably the last eight minutes of the game and watch the second string go in and do their thing. That was the mindset. That was my mindset anyway. Well, listen, it, it came off on everybody else because it was very apparent, especially when y'all played. And I'll be honest with you, I truly thought, I was like, man, this this is going to be a problem in the NFC for a long time simply because you guys, T.O. ended up coming over, like you said, with all of the additions. We know what happened, went to the Super Bowl, but unfortunately the year after that, yeah. everything went downhill. Uh, I want to ask you, because one of the, the reason why I'm comfortable asking you this is because I was in the locker room with you and you had a way of bringing people together without saying a word. Sometimes it came from a look, sometimes it came from your mannerisms. And then if it needed to be said, you would say it. How difficult was it to, you know, T.O. went through the, the spat with Donovan. How difficult was it to try to bring those two back together to make them both realize the bigger picture going forward. Yeah, it was having extremely, opportunity to win more rings. It was extremely difficult. That's why it didn't happen, right? It, it you just had two individuals that were um, truly and absolutely opposed from working things out, and that was the, that was really the end of it. And and at some point, because of some of the things that Tio was doing, obviously. Um, to and I believe he was doing a lot of it to get up out of that contract. He was just doing everything he could to get up out of that contract. Because um, he wanted a new deal, because, right? Because he wanted a new deal, right? Yeah. And the sad thing is that we 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 never realized or had a chance to realize what they could have done together. Because in one daggum season, not full. I mean, Tio got hurt towards the end, so he didn't play all of the games either. They mm-hmm. broke the touchdown receiving record, I think, for the Eagles, right? One dag I'm yep. here. So just to imagine what would have happened going forward. Here's the other thing that people don't understand about Tio: the mentality that he has it bleeded into the receiver, into the receivers' room, right? It bleeded into the offense, even, right? And so that is something that is was an addition to us. Also, some of the way that he could, uh, uh, worked out, because you know, I'm, I'm always someone looking for individuals that push themselves to the brink and how they continue to do things. So I was asking him, hey, what are you like? What are you doing in the offseason, man? He was like, man, yeah, I got this hyperbaric chambers. Hyper who? Got it. Right? I'm, 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 so I, I'm copying that piece. You know what I, mean? I got me a hyperbaric chamber, right? Because it helped me recover. And I, you know, I was kill that in training camp especially but anyway there's so many benefits to having a dude like that not just um on the field but the mentality and even the technology but again you just had two individuals that they no matter how many conversations tried to be had um even to this day man they just yeah they still got beef to this day man and like um yeah, I won't get into that. That's that's them. There's nothing I can do about that. But all I can know is I'm I'm 48, 48, best to be 48 years old, man. And, you know, when you start seeing individuals your age um, no longer alive, I'm going to be front, be up front yeah. with it. Like, this thing is too short, man, to, to, to hold those grudges and all that stuff, man. So I, I just hope at some point 
that they go ahead and bear that hatchet and and be able to at least be more than just cordial, but really understand that that year was a special year, and hopefully they'll be able to celebrate it at some point. I know Andy Reid was, um, you know, people, everybody loves Big Red. And I saw why having firsthand experience, being able to play for him for one year, uh, how, talk about how he was so instrumental into what you guys did, not only as a defensive unit, but as a team. When Andy first took over going back to 99, and that was actually, what, your second head coach when he got there, right? That was my second Third? It was, yeah, yeah. It, that was just second, which I just had two. Um, yeah. So Ray, Ray Bob, and that that coaching staff, like I said, to me, they brought out the beast within. I'll say it like that. They brought out the beast within. And so Andy and Jim got the beast that was ready to go and do. But here's the other thing, that going through that time period of losing those games, when you go through that and you have a bunch of guys in that locker room that are all pushing – we're all trying. None of us are quitting on, until zero, zero, zero is on that clock. Every last dude in that, especially on the defensive side of the ball, we're not quitting. We're going to give everything for our partner, right? Even if the organization is not doing right by us, we're going to do by, right by one another, right? And so what Andy got was a unit that was bonded. Like you bond through tough times. The Bible talks about uh, a, a friend is born out of adversity, Right. A brother is born out of adversity. So we were brothers, man. And so when Andy got there, one of the things that he did, um, which was a, a plus in his corner, and he does the same thing now, is he empowered us to lead in the locker room. That let We handle things in the locker room by being high character individuals and holding one another accountable, right? So there are specific things that happen in the locker room. We, we got that. Now you can you guys can coach you you know you do what you do what you need to do when it comes to coaching and and expectations and all that stuff but but but, but yeah we got the locker room and so empowering not only us but also the coaching staff so who did he hire when he first got there Jim Johnson mm-hmm. and John Harbaugh right so do you think he needed to go into those rooms to having these conversations with them about anything no negative right. He can allow them to do their thing so he can now concentrate on the offense and, you know, the the whole that the I guess the atmosphere of the team, the direction that we're heading in. Right. So and I would give any credit that he evolved. So when we were in Philadelphia, all the way up until we got T.O., we didn't need a number one receiver is what he would always say. Right. Hmm. How many number one receivers they have in Kansas City now? Huh? Tight end is the number one receiver, right? Tight end is the number one, right? And you got Tyreek Hill. So they got a bunch of number one receivers now. Yeah. His even his mindset has changed when it comes to that. So he's evolved when it comes to that. But like I said, he he empowers you when you earn the right to, to kind of lead. He empowers you to do just that, and that's a plus in my book. All right. So knowing what they're going through now in KC, it ain't looking good. I want to. They. Uh, it, I can't even remember their record. They're below five hundred. Yeah. So uh, knowing the type of fortitude and the type of coach that Andy is, do you think the league has caught up with him as a whole? And if they have, um, how do you see foresee? How do you foresee Andy getting his team out of this this jam that they're in? So if you look at if you look at some of the things that are happening, um, Mahomes has how many interceptions? I don't even know. Right. Um, at least four of them have been off of tip passes. Wide open guys running across yeah. the middle, boom, boom. The ball bounces off their hand and the cat scoops it and scores. Now, is that Mahomes' fault? No, it's the receiver's fault. So Andy would always go back and talk about the details, small details, coming to work on time, getting to treatment on time, all the small little things that when you begin to win. Keeping your shirt tucked in. Yeah, keeping your doggone shirt tucked in in practice. All of the little small things, right? And when you start winning, sometimes you, eh, I can leave my shirt out. I can I can walk across the edge of the grass. You know, nobody's going <laughs> to see you, right? But when you start doing those things in one area, it begins to seep into other areas and you're not detailing your work, right? So I can almost guarantee that's what he's talking about. The small things get back to detailing to the to the smallest of details. Matter of fact, we have probably put in this offense before. You need to be taking notes like you've never seen this offense before. 
so that you can get some of the smaller details even that you haven't probably recognized yet and to reinforce the fact that I'm going to do all of the small things so that the big things take care of themselves, right? So that's that would be my thought process of what may be going on and what may be said. And then the other thing is like, when you do have that success and you've had success, right? There is the tendency to feel more uppity about yourself, to mm. feel more like we we got this. Now, we got this, man. I mean, I know we lost that other game, but now nah, we will fix it. Like, things get fixed when you fix them. Mm. Things get fixed. They don't just work out because you want them to work out. Yes, preach because you fix them because you go into the meeting room early. And then you stay in there late and you look at your position, not nobody else's. You look at your spot. I know this is me now. Look at my spot. Like, how am I being, am I being an asset on this play or a liability? Next play, asset, liability. Next play, asset. And if you come out that film study and you got a whole bunch of liabilities, man, you need to look at your teammates in the face that, you know what? I apologize. I haven't been holding up my end of the bargain, but I can guarantee I'm going to hold my end up of the bargain going forward i guarantee it matter of fact you can find me and we used to do this in practice right define like if you see me loafing loafing yeah. I, I owe y'all five dollars right so yeah let's let's up this thing back up let's let's get everybody going and that's a fun way to do it not unless you're loafing a lot but that's a fun <laughs> way to do it. but again there's accountability man there's accountability to be a great team consistently one or two years boom it's, People have done that, but to have, to your point earlier, uh, uh, to to have that consistency year in and year out, year in and year out, year in and year out, dude. There's you have to hold yourself to the highest of standards, and you gotta be accountable to you first. Mm. You gotta be accountable to you first. If you let yourself slide, then that's gonna that's gonna go. It's not gonna go well. For when somebody else tell you you slacking, but if you hold yourself to a high standard, and you and they tell you you messing up on that one play, uh -huh. but in your mind you like, well, you missed them other three plays I messed up on because you holding yourself to that stuff, that type of a standard, you you won't have any problems in the locker room. But not everybody does it like that. Not especially now with social media, right? Everybody wants to be seen. I won't even go into that, but y'all leave it there. I'll leave it there. <laughs> You got me. You got me. Go behind the mask, man. Speak on it. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> but that's a, again. That's seriously. That's that's a mindset, bro. That's that's not just wanting to be good. Yeah. That's I'm. That's that's I want to be great. I want to be great, and greatness comes with punching your own self in the mouth when you look at film. Not waiting for somebody else to tell you you messed up, and never, man, I, I never looked at, at Spikes and said, "Look at what you're doing," without looking at me first, right? How can I tell? How can I tell Spikes to run in the ball if I'm not running to the ball? Fact. If I'm not busting my hump to make a play, if the play is, if 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 Jim used to always talk about not trading one for one, right? If I keep trading one for one, how can I get mad at somebody else for doing it? No, I got to do more, and then I can I can then ask for more. I can expect more. But I can't then ask Spikes to do anything I wouldn't, I wasn't, you know, ready to do, right? So again, that's that leadership, man. Leadership, leadership does this. A leader leads. A leader leads by example, not by words. My, my, my. To your point, Spikes. People always think I, I used to do this all the time. All this talking that I'm doing. No, man. My, I wanted my actions and the way that I did things to speak the loudest for me. I wanted to speak so loud, you can barely hear the words when I did speak because my mm. actions were so loud, right? So that's that's that that's that that's that greatness mindset, man. That's that greatness mindset. Yeah, and you definitely are one of the all-time greats. Obviously, um, in our generation, you also talked about assets and liabilities. Your physical, dominating, intimidating play was an asset during our era, right? But it's a little bit different now. So do you think Brian Dawkins could play and be as dominant in this era where it seems to be safety plays a liability because you can't hit anybody coming across the middle, you can't rough up the quarterback, and you definitely can't flex over somebody once you make, you know, yeah. lay them out. So, so would, you, would your play be able to be an asset or liability in today's game? So here's the thing. When we grew up, what were we taught? You put your hat on the ball. Right. You put your hat on the ball. That's what you were taught. So we were taught that from a young age that you put your hat on the ball and you hit through the person. 
That's what we were taught, right? These gentlemen are being taught different now. So when they get to the league, you've been learning this since little league. So you don't you don't have to go through the huge, crazy learning curve that we had to go through. You know, when you're in the league, you've been taught this all your life. And now, oh, but you can't do that now. Yeah, you can't do that. So now there's a learning curve. But, but I always say it like this, that professionals, when you are a pro at what you do, you learn to adjust. When you are a pro, if you're just a novice, then maybe you can't. If you are, again, if you're just good, maybe you can't. But when you are a pro and you're great at what you do, you learn to adjust. I still would have gotten fined. I, I still, I, I still, <laughs> That's what I was waiting on, I, I still would have gotten fined. It is what it is because when you walk on the tightrope, you know, when you when you told a line, you're going to fall on one side, you know, and get fined from time to time. So I would have gotten fined. But, again, I would have, I, I would have learned to adjust because I did. Toward the latter part of my career, I had to learn how to adjust to lower the target and all of those things. So I would have I would have adjust, but the adjustment wouldn't have been, like I said, as big because I would have been learning how to do things the right way, even from little leagues. Don't you talk about the fine. And I and you know, I, I had to check in with some of your compadres. You probably know where this next question is gonna come from. But we gotta talk about um one. Uh, Jacksonville, the suit game. They was like, when you showed up, you showed out. You looked like one of them preachers coming up there. <laughs> they say the colors was now and later. I just need to know what was the inspiration, dog, for them suits. That's that's a that's Florida, like like the loud, the uh, Duval baby, Duval, but like like man, it, and it's crazy. Some of the suits, the color schemes. Literally, some of them came from the trees. Like I would look at some of the, especially during autumn, some of the combinations of the colors in, on the leaves and stuff how, as they as they turn. Some of my suits came literally from that. Like crazy, it's crazy to think about that now. My guy was but, on them earth tones. Earth tones, <laughs> killing them earth tones. But but you talking about when it's breast cancer awareness? I had a couple of pink, just flat out pink outfits, like. Pink walking suits, not 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 the suit, but you know the, walk- <laughs> the walkers. I know them old school the pink, walkers, yeah, the baby. Pink walkers. Um, autumn time, I, I had a couple of orange ones, right? Different color orange. Yeah, so just having a good time with it. I can't I can't necessarily pimp those like that no more, but yeah, it's back in the day, back in the day. And on the field, man, you, you talked about that inner beast earlier, right? So on the field, you were just this again, this dominating figure. Off the field, though, man of spirituality, father man of God, husband, what was the difference? And how did you turn it on and off being one way on the field and then a total different way off the field? First of all, I recognized that I could. I recognized that it's possible. And I saw that from Reggie White. Mm. I saw that so when that was I was- a big inspiration was, for you, yeah, Reggie White. Yeah. yeah, man. When it comes to this, absolutely. Now, obviously, obviously Reggie didn't go as um, far <laughs> as turning into that, you know, that control- chaos type of cat that I turned into. The chess piece. But but what I saw from Reggie, man, is, is someone that's, you know, praising the Lord, living his life, um, like teaching the word of God off the field. But when it came to go time, that he was blessing you. Yeah, he was blessing you. But he was blessing you physically, right? And and just absolutely dominate, dominating. What people don't probably... Um, remember about Reggie is if he went by a game without having a sack, they're like, hey, what's wrong with Reggie, right? Because he he lived with sacks. Like if he wasn't making sacks, forced fumbles and all those things, people thought something's wrong. But again, I've watched this dude and I've listened to his some of his, um, his um, older um, interviews and how teammates would say that <clears throat> he would sack a dude, put him down or punch or, or not punch a dude, you know, put him down aggressively and put him down. A dude would stay down and Reggie immediately would just sit, stand there and pray over him. Boom. That's what I did. So if I did, if I delivered that stank to you and the stank kept you on the ground a little bit too long, seriously, I would, I would <laughs> stop and I was flipping to that mode because I never wanted to take food out of, out of a man's plate. Right. I right. wanted to, I wanted to hurt you, not injure you. There's a difference. Mm. I wanted to hurt you. Uh, yeah, hurt. Yeah, you hurt. Ah, that hurt, right? Yeah. Ah, oh. <laughs> I got to go see the trainer about because this hurt. You know, I want to talk. I to talk to a trainer for a couple of series. Beautiful. Right, right. Not injury. I don't want to. I, I never wanted to injure somebody. So, but what again? What Reggie showed me that it's possible that I can do it. 
because I always heard as a Christian, you can't, you know, you got to turn the other cheek or you got to be passive. You can no, mm-mm. Mm-mm. The, the game of football, the rules say that you get to move a grown man against his will to another spot. If you can, those are in the rules now. So if they're in the rules that way, that means that when I then go do it, and I'm doing it as I'm doing it for him, giving him back the gift that he gave me on the field. I'm supposed, matter of fact, if I don't do it this way, I'm not doing it the right way. Ah. Don't do it this way. Yeah. I'm not making him proud of the fact that he gave me the ability to move this dude from one spot to it. Does this make sense to you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, go that's, hey. how it, that's how it entered me. And that's why I played with that kind of kamikaze attitude on the football field because I was literally playing for an audience of one. So I remember when I got traded and I I went through like the first few days and I was like, man, like dog is intense, man. Like I wonder what this dude do at nighttime. Like <laughs> most times when they when you go back to the room, like what does he do? So I was like, let me call up, let me hit Troy. Like Troy, like, hey man, like what you think Doc really studying right now? I say, like, that's what I see. And he was like, Spikes, I'm gonna tell you like this. He kept everybody up at night. Ask him about it. I never asked you about it, so I'm asking about asking about it now. Now, what you what y'all used to be doing, man? You used to be keeping everybody up. You used to make sure they were studying or what? Man. I love, first of all, in those closed settings, talking and sharing with those individuals that would love to hear um, some of the <clears throat> some of the ways that that I think about doing things um, and 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 helping people. Like, even from a <clears throat> football standpoint, if I can do something to help you, that was the, for me, that was always the thing. If I can do something to help you, then I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to share it with you. Um, if, if I can't help you, I'm going to pray about the things that you are going through. Right. So that, that was always who I was. I'm, I'm literally an introvert though. I'm a, I'm a, I'm very much an introvert. That doesn't um, mean that I can't talk because I do. I'm blessed to be an inspirational, motivational, motivational speaker. But I'm, I love my time. I love my me time. So if it was up to me, that's why you didn't see me going out a whole lot with everybody because I. That's not me. Yeah, yeah. I, just I don't do get down like that. that. So maybe that answered your question. Maybe that didn't. But like, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I, now that I think about it, I thought maybe you had y'all was you had them up in that having church. I know Ike was a part of that too, right? Yeah. So so here's the thing. I, I, I never I never, 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 ever, ever went to hold up or sit on the soapbox and and preach my, my favorite. One of my favorite quotes says that the greatest life that I, the greatest sermon that I'll ever preach is the life that I live. Hmm. So that's how I carried myself. Now, if you ask me questions, now that's different. So now you're asking me how, why do I live the way that I live? Why do right. I handle things the way that I handle things? Then I'll share that with you. But I'm not just going to be, I'm respectfully bold how I say it with my faith. I'm very respectfully, I'm very respectful, but I'm bold with my faith for those who then ask. So I was an individual that asked to be in uh, accountability partner with me. Same thing with Troy. We, or accountability partners with one another. So if you ask that, then that's a different conversation, right? But again, I'm not I'm not heaping on you. I'm not piling on you, right? right? If I hear something that you're having a conversation and you ask me to be your accountability partner, it would be simple, something as simple as, uh, hey, Ike, you remember that time we talked about that one thing, that one time? And he'd be like, my, my bad, dog. Yeah, so like, again, it's not me pouring no word on you, giving you scriptures, no, man. No, that, that's not the way that I live. That's not the way that I do it. Be dark, man. You know, one of the things I, I remember, and Spice, I don't know if you recall this, but after your Hall of Fame speech, Spice actually called me and he said, two times, did you see it? I said, nah, I didn't check it out. He said, man, B dog speech was intense, just as if he was playing on the field. And then you, you mentioned mental health in your Hall of Fame speech. You talked about cerebral health early on the podcast. What made you comfortable to to talk about that? And then how you feel about players currently actually addressing that and taking time off, kind of like Calvin Ridley is doing down here in Atlanta with the Falcons? Yeah. So when I when I decided to do that, I think I meant I mentioned I might have mentioned that earlier. I felt led to do it. 
I, I really felt led to do it. And anytime that you, if you guys can attest to this, when you know the game plan, when you know your responsibility, and you know you are absolutely about to kill it on the field, how do you go into that session? How do you walk into the stadium, right? How do you walk into the locker room, right? There's a pep in your step, man. If I know I'm about to, if I can feel it, I can sense it. Oh my goodness, I've already envisioned having this success on the field, right? I've already played the game in my mind at least one time already. Oh, it's, it's go time, right? So I'm hype about that. I can't wait to get out there. That's that's what the Hall of Fame speech for me. I had prayed about it. I knew what I was going to be discussing. I knew I was going to be coming from the heart. I didn't. I don't write down speech. I don't write out speeches. So everything was going to be from a word or a phrase, and it was going to come out of my heart. And so that's why I crawled out Wolverine style because it was game day. It was game <laughs> day. the tunnel, right? Yeah. So you I crawled was out crawling the out of the tunnel because it yeah. was all going game day, right? And I, I was hyped just like game day, right? But instead of me hitting you physically, I was I was going to be hitting you with words. I was going to be hopefully moving you, not physically once again, but moving you with words by the emotions behind them, the real that was coming out of my out of my out of my heart to whomever needed that, whoever needed that. And I received I received so many DMs from people, man, that will go into detail of some of the things that they were planning for themselves, that that speech helped bless them to go speak to somebody, to do things differently. To know, know that there is an option, there is another way to do it. And that, like I said, that that thing is just for a season. These things aren't meant to stay. They are meant for just a season. And so being able to then discuss that and someone who's a Hall of Famer, someone to your point earlier that absolutely tries to demolish folk on the field, right? So he's this grunt, this manly man, right? But no, we all go through different things, man. And to be able to have that opportunity to share of the things that I've grown through in my life, some of the pains that I've gone through in my life with the world, so to speak, right? And then to see and hear the uh, testimonials of people, um, again, who are seeing life and actually here to bless their families because of that speech. And then these are some of the same things I poured into this book. So it's, it's, it's just a blessing. And to your point about the those individuals who are um, recognizing their mental health now um I, I i applaud it first of all but i also would say that when you knowing what's out there for you to help you where you are is powerful when you don't know then do you when you don't have an answer that makes the situation worse, but when you recognize and you begin to study of all the things that are out there for me, I mentioned journaling. One of the most powerful things I've ever started in my life is journaling. One of the most powerful things for me. Why, why is that? Is why journal? Because first of all, there's many applications to journaling. Hmm. Journaling is not just journaling negative things, putting down your feelings for the, from the day. There's prayer journals that you can have. There's gratitude journals that you can have that you just write down the blessed things, blessed people, the blessed events from the day. So there's a lot, so many different applica applications to journaling. And also, here's what it does. When you do the practice of writing down in your journal, the movement of writing on a piece of paper it activates and it begins to get some of that stuff that you're holding on to in your mental space on paper. So when you do write out that negative thing, I've done this before. So I've write, written out some negative things and some negative um, situations that were going on in my life. And I took that piece of paper. And this is one of the coaching tips that I give to people. I took that piece of paper and I burned it. Mm. I burned it. And I watched those negative thoughts burn. Mm -hmm. And I immediately began to replace them with that. Remember, I talked about that gratitude list. I went yeah. to that gratitude list and began to be grateful for the things that I have. So I'm leaving this. This stuff is leaving. It's burning up. And now I'm going to replace that and build a new, a new neural pathway for me to start thinking about these positive things in my life. Because it goes back to my vert vertical relationships, right? The things that you think about and constantly put emotion to 
begin to be the things that you anticipate going on in your life. And those are the things that not just come, they don't come your way more. What begins to happen is you begin to recognize those things more because you've made them important because you're thinking about them all the time. So you've trained your brain to look for the negative things more so than the positive things. That's why it's important to write down your gratitude, to write it out. I call it my gratitude box. I got my gratitude box. I have my breathing practices, yes, but then I go to that thinking about my beautiful wife and my beautiful children and the, thing, the, the, the opportunities that we're blessed to have, like all of those things. So your mind can't operate. Now you, you got me going deep now, T. Like your <laughs> mind can't operate two things at the same time. It can't. It can't think on two things. It just it's impossible to do. Right. So the more emotion to one of these is the way that your brain will go. Your thoughts will go. So I want to then bring up. That's why you, I'm sitting here still have that beach scene in the back. This beach scene that I told you guys that I'm I like to do um, to calm myself back down because right. I've had such great times on beaches. Now I can allow those emotions to return to me. And here's the great thing about this, what I'm just talking about. Your brain does not know whether or not you're there or you're just thinking about it. It's going to produce the mm -hmm. same exact feel-good chemicals as if you're actually there. That's the power of this thing. So now you meditate on those things that are righteous, that are pure, that are holy. And that gratitude box, it begins to allow that stinking thinking to be Null and void. So I say it like this. My self-talk game now is outstanding. It's outstanding. My self-talk game, right? Yeah. It's outstanding. Let me stop now so we can, yeah, we can <laughs> move forward. Let me move forward. But now this, this literally gives me hype. And this is, a, this is because I, I know the power in this because I'm living it. So when I share this with somebody, this is not something that I read. This is not yeah. something that I've heard somebody else say. This is something that I'm living. Yeah. I'm living the benefits of operating in this space. I'm living the benefits of it. Bro, Heavy, man. listen, I felt like I bought a, bought a ticket man. and I'm listening to you. <laughs> right. I forgot we hosted a show over this week. Come on, man. I love Come it. On. Love no, it. man, you know, you know, I got great admiration for you. Everything that you do, especially how you live your life. Uh, before we let you get out of here, I want to ask you about the Eagles. Unfortunately, our team, former team, three yeah. and five. Uh, what do you see the big problem with getting into rhythm, especially with, you know, you had people who was trying to rid off Jalen Hurts early in the season. But I don't know, maybe you can, at the end of this session, maybe you can write down something on paper, maybe and have gratitude towards it. And share it with them because they definitely don't look like the Eagles of the past, my brother. So here's the thing. It's, yeah. it's hard for you. It's hard for you to go where you need to go um, if you don't know who you are. And right now, they don't, I don't, they don't know who they are as a team. I can, you can see it. Um, you have young coaches learning on the job. You have a rookie quarterback. I know he's I know he was playing a couple of games last year, but he is a rookie quarterback. Right. So we didn't when Donovan was a rookie, we didn't expect Donovan to lead the team. Right. It was we're, we're supposed to lead the team. The veterans, we lead it. Donovan, you just do you. You don't need you to lead yourself, right? Yeah. You to you until you, you know, to you earn. First of all, you got to earn the right to lead. Right. It's not just given to you. You have to earn the right to lead. But he didn't need to lead, right? We 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 got this. We'll, we'll handle things, and you just continue to be you, right? You be you, and then it'll happen. Um, this is a very extreme. This is an extremely young team. Like I said, the head coach is brand spanking new. He still has a new car smell to him. Defensive coordinator got the new new car smell to him, right? Everybody got the new car smell to him. So like, this this is this is literally a growing process now. What type of team is growing? We'll see. Like, they don't do they want to run the ball? Not necessarily. Do they want to pass the ball? Yes, a whole lot. Defensively, are they going to be aggressive? They haven't been. They blitz a little bit this past game, so we'll see. So again, they are you, you, you are learning just like they are. To me, we are learning who they are, and they are learning who they are too. That's that's what that's what I see. So I didn't I didn't necessarily expect a whole lot from them um this year anyway because i knew they were going to go through, through some some tough some tough yeah. tough, tough points right um 
And the way that I see it and the way that I've operated in my life, especially when it comes to football, pressure busts pipes, people say yes, but also pressure reveals the heart of a person. Yes. That's what it does. Mm -hmm. So when pressure begins to happen, now you sit back and just watch and listen. Because in those moments, either do you have character or do you have characters? Right. Mm. That comes out when you start losing. So as you start losing, you begin to see what do you have in the locker room? What what who do you really have in the locker room? That really becomes to come out when you start to lose. The other thing is this. You can now have tougher conversations with guys when you're losing. You can have tougher conversations with them and they're more oh, open to change. To A lot of times they're more open yeah. to listen and potentially change. Yeah, I feel you. So what you want, what you got to say, because you know them, them cats down south over in Dallas, you know they probably just loving what y'all going through. Oh, right absolutely. Now. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's your message to them, though, dog? Oh, man. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. Just just enjoy it. It's not going to last. Just it ain't going to last. It's just a it season, right? It's just a season. It's like I said earlier, it's just a season. It there you go. No hey, doubt. dog, man, we appreciate you going behind the mask, my dog. Yes, Your time man. is up, man. No, Great to be you. able to have you and share your story, man, and make sure everybody, you got to go out and get the book, Blessed. Ble oh, my goodness, dog. Blessed by the best. Blessed yeah. by the best. BronDawkins.com. Dog, we appreciate you, my G. No, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, dog, seriously. Thank you all for having episode. me. Yes, indeed. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.